0: Cool. Yeah, I've worked out the um, the reason for my um, for my gripe, and now I can definitely talk about this. I've just gone back through her albums, and the the first albums a heap of shit, and then it gets better. <laughs> Incorrect. But that's fine. We'll get on to that. <laughs> okay. Cool.
1: You're listening to I Might Be Wrong, a podcast hosted by myself, Rich Newham, and my co-host Henry Salmon. Welcome to I Might Be Wrong. You have got me and Henry as you as you have done every episode for multiple. We will get guests back on. We promise. How are you doing, Henry? We're just being antisocial. We don't <laughs> want anyone else on here. <laughs> so We've so. gone into lockdown, preemptive <laughs> yeah, lockdown. Yeah, just going to sulk.
0: Um, yeah, no, you're right. Though we should get other people on here. But for now, it's just you and me, and um, <laughs> you're, you're going to straight away stir the uh, the pot of controversy with your suggestion. <laughs> who have you, who, who you got today, Rich?
1: I have got Lily Rose Beatrice Allen, a.k.a. Oh Lily God. Allen. Now, you and I have had many headbuttings over Lily Allen over the years, but basically I've always said I liked her, and you for years hated her. And have sort of changed your tune recently? Well, I'll start from this <laughs> from the start with me,
0: which Hang is on. I should probably introduce her first. Could you do that? And also you need to pick your album because that is has quite a lot
1: of bearing on where I'm gonna go with this. <laughs> All right. So Lily Allen is an English singer, songwriter, and author. She's the daughter of actor Keith Allen and film producer Alison Owen. She left school when she was 15 to concentrate on writing music, and she's known for being outspoken and opinionated, and she's often picked on by the tabloids who seem to hate the fact that she won't fall in line with what they want from a pop princess type.
0: Yeah, I wonder too whether it's because famous dad lots of connections oh she's just gone into the music business and they've greased the wheels and she's become famous because of that maybe that's it
1: too i'll come on to that okay so the album that i'm picking is her debut all right still which is a belter bloody hell okay this is where (laughs) right so i completely disagree um you're wrong you're wrong so lily allen everyone's (laughs) heard of lily allen She's got this wild child reputation. Everyone knows all the tabloid stories. Let's not go into all the tabloid stories. But just to give a little bit of background for people who don't know, she was expelled from a number of schools for drinking and smoking. She's acknowledged that she was a troubled teen. She admitted that when she was in Ibiza on a family holiday, uh, she found a manager when she was 15, but she was basically dealing drugs at the time as well. She says badly (laughs) she apparently she says she was terrible at it but like you say a lot of the mudslinging seems to come come from having a famous dad and people assume that she's only successful because of him what's fascinating about her story is that her first record deal was indeed thanks to his connections but no music was actually recorded and released under that deal so he got her a record deal he and a mate had written a bunch of folk music that she then sang but the person that signed her to that record deal then left the business and they sort of lost interest in her and dropped her. She then started creating music that she really liked and back in the days of MySpace, created a MySpace profile where she was releasing just self-recorded, self-created music onto there, which then got picked up by radio one and got airplay and then she got a record contract with regal records now obviously there's an element of fame and that kind of stuff in the family probably got her more attention than some random individual doing this stuff but she didn't actually get that second record deal thanks to her dad pushing his connections it was because of this myspace social media thing so she was almost like the first UK famous social media person or one of that first early wave before even Facebook really existed.
0: That's a good point, I guess, and it it, it does show a bit of get up and go to do that. I mean, you wonder whether if her mum's a producer, she's gone. You need an outlet for your talents, and and she's found it on MySpace. But yeah, it's a good point. It's um it's not like she's just walked into a studio and someone said, "Here you go." Right, you can record ten songs and we'll
1: we'll write them together and it's co-wrote. Or we'll we'll write them for you and you'll do what you're told. Now, what's, again, fascinating about that is that once that deal had been signed, once she went into the studio, they only took another couple of weeks to actually write and record the rest of the album. And she was working with fairly now well-known producers. So Mark Ronson was one of the producers on that album. He was sort of in that early stages of finding his feet and getting famous, but it's before version actually appeared so it was before he was really well known as as this kind of famous song producer song creator type and they've they've remained really good friends ever since so they've got like a really good really tight-knit relationship that they've carried through for like a decade and a half now obviously that pushed her into mainstream success but also added to his credentials and Mm -hmm. so it's almost goes hand in hand their their successes and i i really like it it's very reggae influenced and she's from west london she grew up on a council estate she would have obviously heard a lot of that kind of music with her working class roots and the thing that i really love about it is it's got this kind of reggae pop reggae sound but the honesty of her lyrics and the savagery of her, some of her lyrics are just fucking brilliant, and that—that that to me is what changes this from just a bog standard pop record that I probably would have ignored to something that I really enjoy.
0: Interesting, because so the the lyrics for me on a later album, and I'll come on to this. Um, I think a, I, I think lyrically she's brilliant. I think the thing that really wound me up about this first album was the. The reggae, okay. I grew up with quite a lot of reggae music, and so I, I was listening to it when it was. It went big in the nineties. Mm-hmm. It went all over the charts, but I kind of grew up with it, and it just sounded like she was just trying to jump on a bandwagon that had rolled down the road years ago. And it just, <laughs> I don't know, it didn't sound, didn't sound real. But then, if you said she grew up on a council estate and she, this is this was the music she grew up with, then maybe I'm,
1: I've just been wrong so most of the music is not somebody trying to create poppy reggae it's actually sampled so the soul brothers are sampled on smile tommy cook and the supersonics provide that instantly recognizable horn melody hook that's on ldn which i sent you earlier today and you were like wait i recognize this yeah that and that's a wonderful piece of music right Um, but not not ldn but the (laughs) (laughs) Wrong, but yes. But that's the thing is a lot of this stuff is it's in that vein of that kind of London DIY music scene of sampling stuff from the 70s and 80s and creating something new from from that.
0: Yeah, I've got to go back to Smile because I think it's the reason why I just don't like this album so much. Okay. I don't know what it is about it. I think it's her singing. I think it sounds flat. Um, I'm I'm being horrible to her now because I'm going to be really, really nice to her later <laughs> just to set the scene. If there are any kind of Liliana fans switching off at the moment, give it a bit more time. But That's all just- right.
1: No one thinks you're right on this podcast.
0: It's fine. <laughs> That's true. It's been uh, noticed a couple of times. <laughs> but yeah, I
1: it doesn't start well for me. Put it that way. Okay, so... While I love Lily Allen, I'm sort of semi with you on Smile. It is one of the probably two biggest hits from the album and it's a decent track. It's got a nice groove, but I don't think it's actually as good as it's been given credit for. I think there's better stuff in her back catalogue. Apparently, lyrically, it's about a breakup which ended with her overdosing and being checked into the Priory and then kind of coming out of the back of that and feeling better when she was getting her ex being like, oh, I miss you, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, I'm over you, but I sort of feel better for like understanding that you, you've you had some shit out of this. It's not just me.
0: Oh, wow. That's actually, that's actually quite an interesting lyrical story. I just um, dismissed it because I hated the song so much. <laughs> I didn't like the sound of it.
1: But this is a typical Lily Allen trick, right? So this is one of the things that I really like about her is that she'll do these songs that sound upbeat and floaty and a bit poppy, but lyrically there's some either very cutting brutal stuff or there's like some real life honesty raw lyrical stuff going on like she's got this balance of like it's not just all floaty poppy from every angle that's true yeah. and that i think is the thing that makes it more than just eh, pop for me yeah and
0: all the way through her albums, you're right. This lyrical kind of snarl, she's mm-hmm. got it's
1: she's squaring up to people and she just she's quite happy to. She's not going to take any shit. And if I guess if you come from that London inner city background, that's who you are. And she's clearly a smart human being who understands the issues with society and relationships and modern life and wants to talk about that stuff in a real way.
0: Yeah. And I do love the way that she just doesn't put on any kind of fake American accents to sing this stuff. It's a kind of London style. Yeah. Not Cockney because she's West London, but you know what I mean? Yeah. She doesn't affect a a sound where so many others would. Right. So she's singing
1: from the heart, I guess. So the next track on the album is probably one of my favourites of hers. So knock 'em Out is a brilliant track. It's got this jazzy piano intro, which I didn't find out whether this was sampled or not, but I assume it's sampled. And then this funky drum beat, And then the vocals are a mixture of spoken word and sung. And it's a song that it makes me chuckle every time I hear it. It's about being out on a night out and getting hit on by someone that you're really not interested in that just (laughs) will not go away. And so there's lyrics like you can't knock them out. You can't walk away. No, you can't have my number because I lost my phone. It's all this kind of trying to give excuses and not be completely brutal to them, but also like just trying to make them take the hint and it just gets more and more ridiculous as the song goes on so the outro has this whole thing of like uh i've got to go my house is on fire and then like her laughing at at that and then listing off a a list of possible stds to try and put them off and again it's this thing of everyone knows that thing we've all been hit on by someone that we're like don't want to be mean just want you to go away and i'm (laughs) i've got enough female (laughs) friends that have had like that guy We've all been on those nights out where we've sort of protected our female friends from that guy who will not take the hint will not go away
0: yeah i'm I'm with you on that, and it is a good track actually I'll give you that <laughs> it's it speaks very quickly to people who've been in that situation and i think mm-hmm. it's the um the the london stoley accent and the and the cuttingness that just
1: um it makes that song sing. it just makes me laugh and then you have l d n the next track on the album, which is probably the other famous best-known track and this is another heavily sample laden track i suspect more mark ronson influences going on here and i love this again because it's this talking about the the bright side and the dark side of london so it's like when you look with your eyes everything seems nice but when you look twice you can see it's all lies and there's like this verse about an old lady getting mugged and like a pimp sitting on the steps with his prostitute and all, all this kind of stuff that's like this real life rather than everything being perfect thing that I just enjoy out of her music. Yeah, especially when she's
0: she's speaking about real life with the background music being quite cheerful. And then it's like horns and stuff going on in there. And it's quite, it's quite fun. And yeah. over the top of that is this, nah, this is
1: what life's like. Yeah. Really cynical. Yeah. And I love it. And it's great. And you have to remember that this is like a 17, 18-year-old writing these lyrics. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess
0: it's a bit like a kind of less jaded Mike Skinner where yeah. the streets kind of go, oh, this is all serious. And she tries to put a a bit of a twist on it with, with the music being more uplifting.
1: Yeah. And then there's litlist things slightly later on, which is more serious. It's like this kind of classic guitar, piano-led ballad about a failing relationship. And there's more of that kind of raw, honest Lily Allen lyrics and that's another one that I think is just a great track on the album and and there's a lot of stuff on here that I'm less bothered by but I think the standout tracks to this album really make it appeal to me and I think one of the things about this is the lyrical side of things that snarliness the honesty the the cynicism is something that brought me back to more of a poppy sound whereas I wouldn't have entertained any of this stuff if it didn't have that depth backing it up and I think that's a thing that was really influential for me of bringing my taste at a time when I was very very much into my alternative music and very cynical about pop music it kind of reminded me that there is a place for that stuff how did you stumble across her because at that time mean, when was the album
0: released it's what 2006 or so mm-hmm. so was it just radio play that where you bumped into her because you wish you wouldn't have been playing at gigs or not the gigs that you were going to at that time
1: i i think it was exactly that i think it was radio play and probably times when i got forced to listen to mainstream radio because there wasn't the option to listen to xfm because i was out of london in bristol or whatever or i wouldn't be surprised if i was listening to six music and they were playing some of this stuff because it was a bit out of the norm and because she was someone that had come from my space rather than manufactured from the mainstream
0: no that's true yeah because i think i'm the same as you i'm i can't remember jeff obviously wouldn't have heard her at a gig i wouldn't have come across her on most of the radio stations i listen to uh
1: beyond that i'm not sure right right exactly that and then her next album, It's Not Me, It's You, which is another great Lily Allen thing, right? It's not like anyone else would have It's Not You, It's Me as the album title. She's like, no, no, <laughs> you're the fucking problem here. Incredible. What a brilliant album.
0: Uh, wonderful. She's, she's a great artist. Okay, so this is the one that you're on board with. I, I love this. And I think she's stripped out the reggae and it's just more, it's more pop. Yep. And the lyrics are still there. The The attitude's still there. But mm-hmm. the... I just love the music on it. I just think the music and the vocals just go hand in hand. She's grown up
1: musically on this. And like you say, it's not completely a reggae album. And I don't have an issue with the reggae. Clearly, you are not a fan of that side of things. I don't know that there's as many brilliant, brilliant tracks on here, but there are a couple that I want to highlight because they're absolutely fantastic. The first one of which is not fair. brilliant. So this is, again, classic, upbeat, Lily Allen music versus classic unimpressed lily allen lyrics it's country and western style which is bizarre that someone chose that as a style at this particular point in time but the lyrics capture her very candid feelings about a lover's deep sexual inadequacies so this lyric of i look into your eyes i want to get to know you and then you make this noise and it's apparent it's all over yeah (laughs) it's like as rough. I think this is one of the songs. There are a couple on the um. This is one of them,
0: where I turned from being annoyed at her to being actually. There's a lot of substance there, and I started to enjoy mm-hmm. her. And but this is weird though. The the video is like. I think it is just country and western. They're all dressed up in proper stetsons and stuff. Yeah, this song is a is a good one. W- which is the other one that you you like? Because I I like quite a few on here.
1: Oh, fuck you! This yeah, is yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> so what i love about this in particular is that the piano is a sped up homage to the piano on the carpenters they long to be close to you so it's this whole love song thing that she's just taken and completely flipped it on its head so it's lyrically all about people who are small-minded idiots and how angry she is at them being small-minded idiots so she talks about people who are racist people who are gay bashing all this kind of stuff and the lyrics like do you really enjoy living a life that's so hateful because there's a whole way your soul should be and the chorus is self-explanatory fuck you fuck you very much it's fantastic and the moment three quarters of the way through the song where they drop in a classic love song key change is (laughs) brilliant. Because that's that's that classic trope that's in all these poppy love songs and it's so tongue-in-cheek and it's wonderful. Yeah, no, she nails that. That is that's true. Yeah. So what do you love from this album? Um, Pretty much what you just said.
0: I love 22, the song on there. I I love the way that it's this kind of story almost. It starts off about a Mm -hmm. girl who was 22 and the future looked bright as the lyrics say and it kind of descends from there. I think you're right. I think it's musically it's more accomplished. And so rather than just borrowing hooks and and samples from from other bands, she's she's got a band and she's creating music herself and it's not just music by numbers. She the, the songs are good. Oh yeah. They they stand up. I think the reason why I like this album more is because there are songs in there that just get stuck in your head and you'll be singing them on in the shower or whatever uh, and that's that's talent and so i think
1: this is maybe this is the point where i started to, to soften see you say that but i think that knock em out and ldn are probably the two really catchy ones that will stick in the back of my head for like days on end yeah.
0: all right yeah good point now L- ldn is <laughs> but but that's not because of her <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: eh, i'm gonna disagree with you on that one yeah i totally um, <laughs> Did you listen to Jesus? Because that seems to be the one where it really falls apart. Uh, no, she herself doesn't seem to have much love for the album. It's it feels like it was a tough time in her life, and she was almost just following the record labels' lead on what they wanted. Interesting. So it was what? it, it looks like it's more recent,
0: twenty fourteen. And yeah. what's it about? Is it similar uh, similar
1: style or? it's it's more of the. it feels like it's a bit more of the same but softer and poppier and doing what the fans want and it just yeah it's i haven't listened to it very much so i can't really speak to it but no one seems to be that enamored and she doesn't seem to love it either so i'm not sure i'm that keen to spend much time or effort on it uh, Shame, which is a more recent album I had to listen to earlier today, and it's it's good. I get the impression that a lot of her fans who would have become mothers got into those issues and the things that come along with that, particularly if you end up being a mother going through a divorce. I think my own lack of life experience in that in that situation probably means that I'm not as keyed into that as an album true maybe yeah maybe that's it maybe it's just a totally
0: different perspective on life but those first two albums are fucking great (laughs) what about i guess live you've had less opportunity to see it live and you probably wouldn't go to a lily allen gig i mean come on
1: you probably wouldn't no she's one of those artists that i would have to see at a festival and she hasn't played any festivals that i've been to There are artists in that pop world that I've seen purely because I've been at a festival and there haven't been specific artists that I've wanted to go and see. So, for example, I have seen uh, Shakira at Glastonbury. She is not someone I would choose to go and see live at at a gig. And at a festival, if she'd been up against someone like, I don't know, um, Blur or the Flaming Lips who are on the same bill, I wouldn't have seen her. But because she wasn't on opposite anyone, of course I did. And she was wonderful. <laughs> Hips don't lie. That is correct. They do not.
0: I guess my my impression of a Lily Allen gig at a festival will be a bit like. Do you remember when Daphne and Celeste played Reading and they just got loads of like <laughs> <We're just laughs> bottles of <laughs> piss? Uh, I think I, th- I think initially that's where I would I would categorise her.
1: Maybe that's harsh, but I don't know. I think she has more of a solid following than daphne's Sle- because daphne's were <laughs> definitely pitched as a piss take act i'm being harsh, <laughs> and, and and they put them on at a festival reading in leeds where they knew what was going to happen and it was almost a publicity thing i think lily allen would get crowds yeah I think she'd be one of those 5 p.m pyramid stage slots i suspect if she played glastonbury i'd like to see her live i'm not sure i'm desperate to see her live but if if i was at a festival and she was there i would go and see her
0: now i'm just checking (laughs) yeah she's been at glastonbury
1: right i assume you haven't seen her live
0: no she was um so 2009 and 2014 on the pyramid stage so she's been okay and given that there's been no news of bottles of piss hitting her on the head or anything um she's probably done quite well so
1: i think she's got some credibility just again because of the background because of the fact that she's come from somewhere where she she did have to make something of it for herself and yes there are elements of tabloid interest because of who she is but the tabloids can fuck off if i'm honest like (laughs) while she'll have got some level of recognition from the media for who she is they have treated her like this human story generating machine that they can just dick on whenever they want to. And I'm not okay with that. Yeah.
0: And and that's, that's so frustrating when you've got um, an artist who, who I guess, I mean, it wasn't her fault that she was born into a family that had connections. Right. And she has ended up being
1: kind of slammed by it. Yeah. What about her stablemates? I was going to mention this, the fact that she, she just seemed to spawn hundreds of Cockney voiced singer-likes in that era and i went back and had a look at it and i couldn't actually find as many as i thought there were but there were definitely people like kate nash and pixie lot who sort of sprung out of other record labels need to have a lily allen i was never a massive kate nash fan although she's brilliant on foundations uh she is on glow glow on netflix as an actress and she's fucking wonderful on that so i think kate
0: nash Predated Lily Allen, and I think Foundations came out before. I need to find this out. I think Foundations was 2007, and that's why I hate Lily Allen because I I thought Kate Nash was the original grumpy cockney.
1: You might be right about Kate Nash uh, appearing in 2007, but Lily Allen appeared in 2006. Interesting. Yeah, all right, still came out in 2006. Okay, so maybe it was a, a bandwagon thing yeah you're banned <laughs> <idiot. laughs> but no i think i think kate nash has her own set of talents but i saw her as coming after lily allen and being another one of those and i never really got into her stuff
0: ah, foundations is an absolute cracker of a song
1: i've got that on my uh so it's on one of my best my playlist i think it's brilliant did you find any other lily allen alikes other than kate nash or was she she the one for you she's the one for me uh,
0: I, th- I think that was about it I didn't really end up tumbling into that world very much I guess in my head I would I would kind of veer across to the other side of the Atlantic and th- the
1: American kind of slightly gr- grumpy artists are where I'd okay. go right, so the only other one that I have that is sort of sound-alike-ish London band rather than individual is the Ting Tings who did some fun silly stuff around the same time i just i love the ting tings there's so what is it is it that's not my name that's not my name yeah that's one of the finest songs ever made it the way that That layers from the bottom up the way they build that and it just builds and builds and builds is brilliant it's a fantastic wonderful piece of pop music
0: i reckon if you if you get me at age 100 when i get there and and I've listed my hundred favourite songs in my life. That's Not My Name is going to be in there.
1: It's it's fantastic, right? But Love the, it. The lyrical delivery on it, I can understand being slightly Marmite for some people where they just don't like that. But I will get up and dance to that any time it's played. <laughs> well I don't think we'll talk about them because I No, I'm we won't not
0: heard their um so this is my this is our shout out to the Ting tings well done <laughs> great great effort
1: fan fantastic <laughs> we are we, there's no way we're disagreeing on that one I am absolutely hundred percent on board for for the ting tings that's not my name but in
0: summary um i I totally agree with you uh on on Lily Allen in that she's produced some
1: brilliant music. Uh, I think the album, <laughs> I, I, I'm choosing to differ. I just love the fact that we argued about this for years and years and years. And one one day you were like, so Lily Allen's great. And I don't know why you don't like her. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I've been arguing about this with you for years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe, I, well, I was definitely wrong then. Yeah. Well, it's been fun to discuss her. Uh, she has is, she is always been a point of contention for us, I think.
0: Yeah, she probably will continue to be. So, um, yeah, it, we haven't finished. This is like, <laughs> like, although the podcast ends now, this this conversation will continue long into the oh, future. Yeah. I guess. Yeah,
1: this is just a very tiny window into an, an ongoing, <laughs> everlasting argument. So, you are welcome, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. On that note, thank you for joining us. You can find us on all of the socials at I Might Be Wrong UK. You can also listen to myself. And Henry's not into NFL, but if you want to listen to some NFL stuff, I am on the Long Snap podcast, which is now back regularly as part of the NFL season. You can listen to a podcast that I produce under the name Gin Salt, which is hosted by two wonderful, wonderful performers from London, both in the burlesque world, Tempest Rose and Lola Barrow. Go and have a listen to that if you like hearing about the performing world. If you want to hear things with a fantastic strong feminist voice the two of them do a wonderful job on that so go have a listen you'll you'll enjoy it awesome all right thanks for joining us once again we will see you next week us thank you for listening to another episode of i might be wrong